Welcome to another edition of Minnesota Sports Talk. I'm your host, David Shelsky. You can follow me on Twitter at SkullWorld and at MN Sports Podcast. Now that Kowasi, now learn that saying because he actually pronounces it Kowasi, not Kowasi, Kowasi. Adolfo Mensa is the Minnesota Vikings general manager. We can start looking forward to 2022. But first, I would like to look backward and get an idea of what he was about. And I'm only going to look at one year and then do and talk about some reactions to his hiring, things like that. Um, you can go look at my podcast for his, my earlier podcast for his history. The last few, I talk about him in depth. T- today, I'm going to talk about where I felt he was very involved in in a draft. Now you may not realize this, he was hired in 2020, but not in time for the Cleveland Browns draft. He was hired in May, draft was in April, so he wasn't involved in the Cleveland's draft that year. However, I do know that he was heavily involved in the uh, 2021 draft of the Cleveland Browns. Why do I know this? He is on video not the GM talking about a third, the third round pick. So uh, he he was so heavily involved that they let him talk about the pick. So you don't you didn't see that with uh, assistant GMs in the Vikings. It was always it was always Rick Spielman. So I believe he was heavily involved because of this. They actually used him to talk about some of the draft picks. Now, I'm going to look at their 2021 draft. I'm going to talk about pro football focus, or sorry. <laughs> yeah, pro football focus and their grades. Their, um, the grading scale, according to them, 190 is elite, 89 to 85 is pro bowler, 84 to 70 is starter, uh, 69 to 60 is backup, and 59 down is replaceable. Starting off with round one, cornerback Greg Newsom the second. Now, one thing I like about this, this guy's on Twitter a lot, and he's talk he talks his uh, teammates up. He's excited for his teammates, and he's all about defense. And you can see that in his Twitter. Um, he was named the All Rookie Team on uh, one of the uh, end of the season All Rookie Teams, and he is a Pro Football Focus grade. Was an eighty-eight or sixty-eight point one that puts him in the the backup range. Although he did make a, a rookie all rookie team, uh, he had thirty-six solo tackle tackles, no interceptions, allowed thirty-seven receptions. That was ranked sixty-fourth um, for defensive backs. Uh, he had three assists, so most of his tackles were solo. So, I mean, you got a lot of playing time as a rookie. You didn't see a lot of our players this past year get a lot of playing time. His grade was 68.1. Uh, round two was Jeremiah Owasu Kermoa. Hopefully I don't have to say that name again. Uh, he also made the all-rookie team. He's a linebacker. He had a PFF grade of 74.4. That puts him right at the starter. So they got a starter caliber player. And Greg, you can say Greg Newsom was a starter too. 
or capable starter. But this made an impact. Um, he had 57 solo tackles, ranked 50th in his position. Assists tied for 64th at with 14. Forced two fumbles, tied for fifth. That's a big deal. Forcing fumbles too on me. <laughs> Sorry about the coughing. Still recovering from COVID. Um, solo tackles again, 57. Uh, pro uh, PFF grade is 74.4. Great pick in the second round. Reminds us of a Kendrick's pick in the second round. Uh, wide receiver Anthony Schwartz. Now this guy was a, a speed demon, and they drafted him because of that. He got an overall rating of 57.4, mainly because of um, only 22 targets, 10 receptions, 135 yards, and one receiving touchdown. Now he was a lower, you know, third round pick for for a wide receiver. And, uh, you know, he didn't, just looking at it, you just didn't get a lot of opportunity. But, you know, neither did, you know, Thielen. So, Adam Thielen, he, I don't think he got a whole lot of playing time until his third year. Now, tackle James Hudson was drafted in the fifth round, um, pick five, or fifth pick, sorry, fourth round, pick five. Tackle James Hudson. He was a 57.3 grade. He got 303 uh, snaps played. Now, this isn't a high grade, uh, but he is a rookie. He was picked in the fourth round, and it looks like he got a lot of starting time. So, if you're look, so just thinking about it, Cleveland went to build up their uh, O line to get a starter in the fourth round. Now, Tommy Togaya, defensive tackle. I uh, got a 39.8 grade in the fourth round. Not much there. He only had uh, 11 solo tackles. Doesn't look like he got a lot of playing time. Five assists, one sack. I'll be. I'll talk about our Vikings. Our Vikings draft a little bit in comparison. Linebacker Tony Fields. The second. Uh, got no grade. Doesn't look like he hit the field. I'm, I'm honestly, I don't even know if he made the team. So, Richardson, uh, sorry, safety drafted in the round five. Richard Leconte, uh, the third, uh, 63.5 grade. It looks like he got in maybe for a game. He had two solo tackles, zero interceptions, two uh, receptions allowed. But, you know, 63.5, that's a backup grade. Now, Demetriac Felton Jr., all rookie returner. Uh, he was picked 27 around six. Looks like they got a diamond in the rough. He made all rookie team as a returner. He got a 78.1 grade. Now, Pro Football Focus um, lists him as a wide receiver and not a running back, like he was drafted. Uh, as he targets 21, receptions 18, receiving yards 181. Receiving touchdowns too. He got seven carries, seventy-four or twenty-four rushing yards. So he got a lot of playing time. Maybe found a little dime in the rough. Productive player, um, good punt returner. Seventy-eight point one grade puts him at starter caliber player. Now, com in comparison, the Minnesota Vikings draft Christian Darisoff and to tackle six hundred fifty-two snaps, seventy-one point nine. Uh, Kellen Mond, 
he got three snaps. He had 21.8 rating, barely got in, almost to an interception. We all know that from the uh, Packers game. Chaz Surratt, I swear he was on the field, but he has no stats, um, according to Pro Football Focus. Wyatt Davis, same situation. I don't think he ever saw the field or was active, if I'm not mistaken. He may have, he may have been active one game. I don't know. Patrick Jones, the second. Uh, defensive end out of Pittsburgh, round three. He got a 43 pro football focus grade. We had a lot more picks than they did. Uh, Kenny Nwangu, running back from Iowa State, 68.2. So it was a nice little, nice little steal there. Um, I think he would have got more pub. He did get pro football focuses all all uh, pro team um, as a kick returner. So, I mean, it was a good pick. Four, round four, Cameron Bynum, 70.3 pro football focus grade. Now, uh, Janarius Robinson, defense man, no grade. That was in the fourth round. So we missed and hit a couple times around three and four. Imar Smith-Merset, wide receiver, Iowa State, 64.3. They got So that got some as a backup grade. However, you know, he did have all of his stats came mostly from the Bears game at the end, but he looked great. So, you know, good things look ahead for him. Zach Davidson, tight end. I was pretty worried about this pick. He was a small school guy, dominated at small school level. No grade. Jalen Twyman. Sadly, he was shot several times in the off season. He was on the IR. Uh, I don't. I think guess the IR all season, but he he never he never uh, was active, or I, I don't even think he practiced at all after his. I know I know he showed up for camp. Um, I know that, but he was immediately put on the IR uh, with his with his uh, injuries. Now. There was a lot of say that this guy was first or second round talent, but fell to the sixth round because he bulked up for the draft and he put on too much weight and he had a slow 40 time. Drills were slow. So that being said, there's a lot to say. Hopefully this guy comes back, gets a chance to play. Uh, I really liked him when I drafted him around six. So there was some hit and misses in both drafts. Just to give you an idea what people thought of the Cleveland draft, Sports Illustrated draft grades, Sports Illustrated gave him a B, Pro Football Network gave him an A, Pro Football Focus gave him an A+, Chad Reuter from NFL.com gave him an A, Danny Kelly from The Ringer A, Nate Davis, USA Today, A-, Vinny Ayers, Sporting News gave him an A, Connor Orr, Sports Illustrated gave him an A, Mark Mask. The Washington Post, A minus. Luke Esterling, Draft Wire A. Steve, sorry, coughing a little bit. Steve Dorshik, A. <laughs> sorry about that. Steve Dorshik, A. Mel Kuyper, B. I apologize if you didn't hear earlier. I'm recovering from COVID. I'm coughing a little bit. So, recap a lot of A's, two B's. I couldn't find uh, too many other grades. Um, I couldn't find any other grades. These are the ones that I was able to look up. And uh, so a lot was said about Cleveland's draft, okay? And there was a lot said about the Vikings draft, too. So we got a lot of good grades, too. Now, Cameron Wolf, NFL Network, who I talked about earlier, he um, he got texts from a couple of front office people, quoted as saying, one of the smartest dudes I know, 
And another saying he's going to kill it. Excellent hire. Now, Nick Olson, from a lo he's a local Vikings reporter in Vikings Territory and Daily Norseman. He made a good point talking about him being the first analytics staffer to be hired as a GM. He has really potential to be a sea change in the NFL. The two biggest roadblocks to analytics usage in the NFL were buy-in from decision makers and staffing resources. Obviously, that's about to change in Minnesota. I remember three, four years ago, Rick Spielman was confronted about analytics, and he gave a kind of wishy-washy answer. I think they started to implore it, but we were one of the last ones at the table. Now, it may be that we are the forefront of the table and leading the rest of the NFL with analytics. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. Obviously, the Wilfs are bought in, and they hired Kwesi. Now, this might be a little cleanup on aisle six here. Ben Lieber, former Minnesota linebacker, and I believe he's the Vikings Network, and he does um, a lot of uh, sideline reporting for the Vikings. Before he was picked, in the 22nd, Ben Lieber is quoted as saying in Twitter, I know the term analytics is an easy tag for Kwesi, Kwesi's approach, but I don't buy the whole money ball strategy for football. Football doesn't have the same quantitative repetitions like baseball. So, yeah, I don't know if he meant that, you know, Kwesi wasn't his pick or he didn't like him, but he had to clean it up. He goes back and says, I feel this is being misunderstood. I keep hearing criticisms regarding the Moneyball approach, and I think Kwesi is deeper than that. I don't think he's a just a crunching numbers to make sterile decisions. I love everything I hear about him. I'm excited for his approach. Now this is just gives you a glimpse, a one-year one view of how he was part of a draft. Like I said, he was involved. He even was uh, put in front of the cameras to talk about players. A lot was... Now, I didn't go back into San Francisco um, dealings. I just... I can't put a lot of weight in that. I don't think he was high up on the food chain. I think he was part of an analytic team. And uh, I don't know how much they asked for their opinion. And I just haven't found any reports on that. So if I don't know reports on that, I can't tell you. But I can say that... Like he said in interviews, is that he learned from some of the best. And San Francisco was good at finding players and putting the team together, obviously, this year, too. So he, he and he was part of a, a team, you know, that went to the Super Bowl in the analytics department. So he's around decision makers that made good decisions, built a championship caliber team. They won, a, they won a lot of games in San Francisco. He was a part of it. So I can give him credit for that. Now that's it for today. Thank you for listening. I look forward to talking to you again. See you soon.